Welcome to Coffee and Conversation, a podcast that's all in the name. Good coffee with great conversation. Here's your host, Larry Vincent. Welcome to the Coffee and Conversation podcast. I am your host, Larry Vincent, and with me today uh, is a, a battle buddy of mine. Uh, from my deployment to Iraq, part of the 371st Core Support Group in Kettering, Ohio, uh, Angie Brassard. Welcome to the podcast, Angie. Thank you, Larry. Appreciate you having me tonight. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's been a pleasure. We, we haven't really vocally talked in a long time, but we've been uh, following each other on, on Facebook, and it's just been really cool to see uh, to see how your journey's been over the last, it's been like, what, 15 years since we got back from Iraq? I believe so. We got, when did we get back? Like 2004? So yeah, yeah so it's been 16, a while. 16 years. 16 Ooh, years. getting old. I know it, right? We're the old ones now. Good golly. So, <laughs> uh, so tell me, uh, well, actually, before we get into uh, more introductions, um, you know, we have this uh, tradition on the podcast where, I ask people to bring coffee, and they more than likely won't. And uh, and Angie, you have uh, once again proven the trend. Uh, I have brought coffee, and yet in the podcast called Coffee and Conversation, oh. you chose you chose to bring uh. what? Go ahead, tell everybody what you're drinking tonight. I I am drinking Dr Pepper. All right. Dr. Pepper. Now, I'll give you the caffeine intake. That's fine. That's that's good. Uh, you know, and even the taste. I do like myself an occasional Dr. Pepper. But, you know, I'm just going to start calling this drinks with friends. <laughs> you know, if, if, if we were talking in the morning, I would probably probably would have had some coffee. But it's getting a little late in the day even for me. So, yeah. Yeah. See, I'm the kind of guy I can drink coffee at like 10 o'clock at night. And yes, but right you do have kids. So, <laughs> yeah, that is true. The six kids do tire me out. Uh, well, we do have we do have uh, a tradition where we take our first sip together. Uh, I have a uh, quad shot latte that I have made on my very own espresso machine that my wife got me for Christmas. I love this thing. Uh, and uh, so that's what I'm drinking today. So let's let's take our first sip. Angie, go ahead and grab your Dr. Pepper. All right. I got All it. Right. All right, let's have our first sip. All right, bottoms up. Yes, that is really strong coffee. I'm glad I put four shots in that. Yeah. We're gonna have a jazzed conversation, Angie. You're scaring me. <laughs> okay, uh, so let's get to know you a, a little better, okay? Um, All right. Tell me a little bit about uh, your uh, your faith journey. Uh, now, this podcast, the, the whole reason we're doing this podcast is to talk about, uh, you know, people who um, are not currently going to church and the reasons why they're not going to church. And I think a backstory kind of helps feed that narrative a little bit. So, um, oh, absolutely. yeah. So it's, g g give me a little bit of your background about your faith journey and, and where you're at today. Okay. Um, I was born and raised in the Disciples of Christ Church. I was, um, you know, in, uh, back home in Lima. That's where I'm from. Um, 
my parents were both also born and raised, well, not raised, I guess, raised in that church. I probably went to my first church service when I was a couple weeks old. Okay. Um, I, I, did, I don't think I missed a church service, probably maybe half a dozen until I was 18 years old, because that's just how important it was. You know, we were, oh, yeah, yeah, we yeah. never, so, so, uh. Yeah, that was just, I mean, that was just always there. Church was just always, you know, Sundays we were in church. Um, I think I was maybe 13, 14 when I was baptized and okay. became a member of the church. Um, you know, it was just, it was just what we always did. I mean, I don't, at I now that I look back, I don't really remember being that connected with it, which kind of makes me sad. It was just that it was there and it was, you know, that's just what we did because, you know, mom and dad went and that's what we had to do too. I don't, it was just very, it was, there were a lot of rules, you know, we went to Sunday school, we went to church, there were a lot of rules, do this, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just basically accepted it because that's what we always did. So, um, you know, by the time we, I got to be an adult, I was able to have it. I was given the choice of whether I wanted to go to church and I chose not to. Because okay, so let's, let's back up before we get to there. Cause I'm really interested in one thing you, you, you said you got baptized at about 13 years old. Was, do you feel like that was your decision or somebody else's? I felt like that was not mine. I felt like that's what was expected of me. Was there pressure from parents, from church leadership? Where, where did you feel that expectation? Uh, for my parents. Okay, that's fair. Um, so, you know, you get baptized. You're going to church every week. Um, you know, you're you're faithful on an external uh, from an external point of view, right? Um, Correct. You know, would you have considered your faith authentic back then? No, no. Why? Why, why not? I guess I don't. I just—it was just something that I had to do. You know, yeah. like since prior to my getting baptized, because my sister is a year older than me. She did the same thing. We went to, you know, it's like we were checking all the boxes. We went to. You know, Sunday school, church, we went to the pastor's class, and then we got, which led up to us being baptized. And I just, I never really felt like I had a choice in any of that. It was just what we had to do. You know, if I had gone to my parents and said, I'm really not sure about this, I would have been in trouble probably, because that's just what we had to do. Did you feel that doubt that you didn't really believe in all this? I felt like I believed, and I still do, okay. but I would have liked to have been able to explore that in my own time and not been forced. Okay. So, so the expectation of faithfulness, the expectation of baptism, that, would, you th- would you say that that led you away from um, a, a more vibrant faith? Absolutely. Okay. All right. So it, it pushed me right out the door. It did. Okay. So so let's let's talk about um, you know like okay so you're sitting there on a Sunday morning and you're hearing the preacher 
uh, preach, um, which I'm sure in the Disciples of Christ Church, uh, you know, you were with your parents on a Sunday morning. That's my guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Disciples of Christ is a uh, was a split from my movement of the Christian Church, Church of Christ. Um, and so so I'm imagining it was the same way for for our movement as it was for you. Uh, but you're sitting, you're listening to the preacher, you're going to Sunday school, those kind of things. When you heard these stories from the Bible or you heard, uh, you know, the scripture being read and explained, was that something that you were like, oh, yeah, this is truth? Or did uh, were there doubts through that teenage, through those teenage years? I, I always felt like there was was truth in it. But again, it's like it was just something that I had to accept. There was never any real I couldn't question anything. Mm -hmm. It was just it was just you will accept this. This this is how it is. You know, this is, you know, we were really and we kids were real obedient. You know, if your parents told if our parents told us to do something, we did it. Oh, yeah, and, definitely. Yeah. I mean, and we just did. I, I never really felt like I had a choice to explore anything you know, anyway, it was okay. just, this is what you're going to do. So, so when did you start then exploring, uh, either your, you know, the Christian faith or other, or other faiths or spirituality in general? Well, I just, after, after I graduated from high school and moved away from home, I just completely, I got away from any type of spirituality at all i mean i okay. still i still believed and i still pray prayed every day still and i still do but i was so disillusioned by just the entire my entire church experience larry from my childhood i mean and we had we had some scandal in my church during my teen years as well which did not help there were some things that happened that uh just also helped kind of push me out the door and, and, you know, just kind of fostered some distrust. So I just moved completely yeah. away from, from church for a while. And then it wasn't until, geez, it was a long time until really when we got back, when we got back from the deployment, yeah, I started, I started exploring things again. And, you know, through, you know, I, I, I listen to and watch still a lot of Joyce Meyer and just a lot of a lot of reading on my own. So it's been okay. a, it's been a lot of different things. So let's talk about the what I'll call the, the, the black years. Like I could say intertestament period, but only only a select few of, of listeners would would understand that reference. Um, but the years where you're like, I'm just not even thinking about this stuff right now or even looking into this stuff right now how did you view the world um during during those those years oh wow um i guess i always i always still i always still believed i just didn't believe in organized religion okay so for you it was like i have my faith but i have my own faith and i don't need a church to to, to make that faith relevant. Correct. I mean, and that's where I've still been. I mean, I've just, I've, I've remained really disillusioned with organized religion, which is really sad because I actually have several of you friends that 
you know, our pastors are, are involved in various ways in with the church, but uh, I just have never found a fit for myself. But yeah, during the, during the black years, it's like, yeah, I just, I didn't feel like I was going to be a part of it, of a, any, anything anywhere. So I just kind of wandered on my own for a little while. Did you get invited to churches? And, and, and if so, what was your response to that? I don't know that I ever did because I had moved down to South Carolina and I lived with my sister and brother-in-law for a while and we moved to a couple different places, but I didn't, I don't ever remember really exploring anything or receiving any invitations of any kind. So I don't think that really ever came up. Huh? That's interesting. Um, and, and, and a, and a, and a lesson for, um, our, our listeners. So, if you had been invited, do you think you would have gone? I doubt it back then. Even if it was a close personal friend. Like, I'm talking like, like let's say your, your, your uh, bestie walks up to you and says, man, I, you know, let's go to church. Uh, would, you, would you go with somebody that you trusted unequivocally? Ooh, um, I probably would have. Okay. Just, 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 just purely out of deference to them, you know, it's like, okay, you're, you're really asking me, there must be really a reason that you want me to go. So I'm going to go with you. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so for you, it was just, you know, I, I have my faith. I'm good. I believe in God. Uh, you know, uh, what was your view on, organized religion as an adult like did you see the and i'm gonna i'm not gonna guess the specifics of your situation back at home uh but i'm guessing it made the church look uh hypocritical uh, at some juncture exactly yeah um so that hypocrisy that you saw that led you away uh from the church one of the reasons why did did the church uh, did your viewpoint of the church as an adult reinforce that idea? Did you even think about those kind of things? I mean, when the media reported stuff that they reported about the church, how did you view the church? Um, I'm I, I'm not gonna lie. I've never really had a positive viewpoint. I mean, a positive opinion or whatever you want to call it of of the church. I just. I think that I was just, I think even, even when I, I didn't realize how much that what had happened during my childhood affected my opinions and my outlook okay. as an adult at church, because I just wanted nothing, really nothing to do with it. Okay. Well, so what did you realize then that your childhood had something to do with your viewpoints? That's a good response. Yeah, I don't eat luck. Wow. Um, I would say, I'm going to be honest, it's probably not, it hasn't been in the too distant past because, you know, it takes me a while to put things together sometimes. But really, now that you have mentioned that, you know. Yeah. I haven't really fully considered that until like now. So. Okay. All right. That's fair. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't have Corona. I coughed. I do not have Corona. 
<laughs> I knew you were going to say something like that. I, I just, <laughs> Good. you know, okay, side story, just to bring some brevity. I, uh, uh, we go to, um, my kids go to the Avon School Corporation where there was an actual confirmed case. And they shut down the schools, and I had to go to the school corporation uh, to pick up some food. They were donating to our food pantry. Um, and our community has just been phenomenal about our food pantry. But regardless, uh, I get there, and I swallow wrong as I'm walking to the door, which causes <laughs> me to go into a coughing fit. Like, I was coughing up a lung. The eyes of these people that I that were looking at me just bugging out and so they opened the door and I'm like I'm not sick I'm not sick I just swallowed wrong I swear <laughs> uh they had a good laugh at me uh <laughs> for about for about five minutes so well, I don't have where we're at right now it's like ah get away <gasps> yeah I know like uh I don't know when our audience is listening to this but we are right in the middle of 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 self-isolation and self social distancing and you know um I don't know about Ohio, but uh, Indiana, county by county right now, they're starting to, to uh, issue travel bans. Um, so, fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not much better over here. It's, it's, it's pretty dicey over here. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, so, back to, back to uh, what we were talking about, because that was a <laughs> rabbit trail. Um, yeah, that was fun, though. No, it was. Uh, we, this is often what coffee and conversation does. Um, so, okay, so let's then talk about when you started getting um, uh, hashtag woke, as the kids say. Uh, <laughs> when you started uh, to start realizing, um, you know, uh, what the church was, and, you, and that started becoming a something that was not in your purview, but in your front view. When, when did the church, when did you start really starting to think about, consider, and, and gain an opinion on the church well again i think it was after after we'd been back from the desert for a while and i was i was just kind of you know after we got back i was just kind of aimless and wandering at least in that regard and Right. You know, my my mom actually is a big Joyce Meyer fan, and I kind of got started listening to her and watching some of her, you know, of her many, you know, broadcasts. And then I kind of started to get a little more, you know, a little more back into the spiritual thing, even though I, you know, I couldn't tell you how many times I've stepped foot inside a church in the last 15 years. It hasn't been many, but yeah. You know, kind of started to to work my way back and kind of just, and I felt like I was never going to find a church home. So I figured I could just kind of do it on my own, you know? So, yeah. I mean, I, I, I get that. Um, was, was the desert for you? Like, like when I got home from the desert, it was like the desert for me was a spiritual desert as well. Um, I, I, I distinctly remember, uh, you know, speaking with a couple other soldiers and saying, I just feel like God is distant. I don't. I don't feel like God is 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 answering or talking or responding to me. You know, um, it, it, it was a trying time for my faith. Uh, and uh, would you uh, would you say that that was the same for 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 you and your and your faith journey? Absolutely, 
absolutely. I mean, that whole and the and and the circumstances of me even going on that deployment because I had just I had just ETS from active duty the the previous September and then by the end of the year we were already getting called up. And you I hadn't ETS even asked before you ETS before Iraq. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, uh, I ETS for, for the non-military yeah. people. For the non-military people, ETS <laughs> means that you did your you did your contract at time and you had two years of I, uh, what we call IRR, which is inactive mm-hmm. reserve roster, which means within the next two years they can pull you back up, which happened to you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Yeah, I had just gotten home from Korea in September. I had to report to the unit the next month, and then a couple months later, there we go. So. Wow. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that about I, I didn't know that about you. You know, like yeah. like so like so many of us, we were kind of lost in our own world over there, and um, you know, and our relationship didn't really start until after we got back, not necessarily while we were there. Of course, there's not a lot of things I remember about Iraq, so we we. <laughs> We could have had a conversation and I not even remembered it. Um, uh, so, okay. So, so was it that, then that spiritual desert you had uh, that caused the thirst that when you came back, you're like, okay, I can explore just a little bit. It, it was because I, you know, got back and, and I just, you know, went through a, a pretty rough patch right after we got back, which I won't go into, but then, that's you know, fine. I got to think, it was like, is that, is this all there is? I mean, there's got to be more, you know, yeah. just kind of, just kind of floating through life, being a little, little aimless and not really having any direction in, in several areas. So then, you know, but, the, you know, again, with a little helpful nudge from my mother, I kind of got back on track a little bit. So, yeah, yeah. So. Um, you know, I, I'm interested uh, in, in this. Where was your um, community? Uh, because I think you know you're a you're a social worker. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, uh, I, I thought that was the case. I just you know for our audience' sake. Uh, and as a social worker, um, would you agree that that uh, uh, a person in isolation isn't a healthy isn't a healthy way to live? Correct. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's I, not. I, a yeah, and I know I, I'm, I'm really I'm just affirming this for our audience because I know you know these things, um, and so I know that you you realize the necessity of a community, of a family, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, who who was that for you? Um, pretty much nobody. So you had no community um, for a while. No, because I, you know, I had been, I was born and raised up here, lived in South Carolina, then went in the military. And then, you know, we went all over the place. And then by the time I got back here, I came to where I am now because my mother was here. So I, I guess I can't say I didn't have any community because my mom is here. That's why I came. Yeah, but that's kind of different. When we don't think, I mean, yeah. you know, friendships and parents. I mean, I, I guess later on in our adult lives, parents can be friends. But there is that difference between that and the friendship. Yeah, I mean, I hadn't, I had just moved, I just moved to Tip City and then, yeah, three, four months later we were deployed. Then we did that and we got back. I didn't know anybody here. Okay. So would you say you have a community now? 
Oh yes. Oh, absolutely. So, absolutely. so what, what, uh, uh, one, how long did it take for you to get that community? And two, um, how do you rely on your community, uh, to fill that void that perhaps the church, uh, left? I think, it just, I mean, honestly, it took time just to get the community because I had to just, I had to, to be here. Like I went to school, got, got a job, finished yeah. school, got another job. And I just, I had to get to know some people and just be here for a little while and, you know, kind of build that up and make some friends. Cause I'm normally kind of a shy person. So it takes me a little while, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it just took time. It just took time to get to build yeah. up some friends. Okay. And, and did that, did those friendships, uh, you know, how did those friendships fill that void of, of community for you? Well, I, especially right now, I mean, my friends are like my family. Yeah. Um, with everything that's going on, you find out who is really going to be there for you. Yeah. You know? who's talking and who is there when the chips are down, like right now. Yeah. And, uh, I'm lucky. I have a lot of really supportive, really great friends. You know, some are involved, some are involved in their ch- church community. Some are not, some are as far away from that as you could b- get. I guess that's okay. But you know, yeah. I guess it's just, I, I found just a really great group of people that, um, uh, you know, we just have each other's backs, and that's that's a good community to have too. So. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I completely agree. I, I have learned the importance of building a tribe since my PTSD diagnosis. And and by the way, thanks for being part of that tribe. Uh, <laughs> Glad uh, to be there. Yeah. No. Uh, you know, just as a side story for our audience, I actually messaged uh, Angie. And, and got some really just great encouragement uh, from her when I was thinking about going public uh, with my diagnosis. And, and so I'm forever grateful for that, by the way. Um, so again, thank you. Um, I appreciate your, uh, your trust and faith in me because that meant a lot to me that you came to me about that. And I wanted, I was wanted to be so careful with what I said, because, you know, I don't want to try to tell it. I wouldn't ever want to try to tell someone what to do, but at the same time, I want to encourage you because it's, it, it, you know, it's, it, it's a brave thing to do. And I was just well, really. I, I appreciate that. I, I really do. And, 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 and the reason why, and this kind of leads into what I want to talk about. It, the reason why is because I knew out of all the people uh, that I could talk to about this, uh, as far as, people from our unit and people in the military that you would offer no judgment, um, at all. Uh, and, and that is an important part of a community, right? Um, oh, and, absolutely. And, yeah. And so when you look at, you know, uh, we, we're going to move on from, you know, your past to the present. Uh, when you look at the church today, and what it's been over the last, I don't know, I would guess around almost 12 years has been a real fundamental shift. Um, what is it about the church that you look at and you say, that can't be my community? 
I, uh, well, you, you said the word judgment. I see, especially in my, in my church that I was raised in, uh, still very strict and regimented. I don't see it as being a particularly, uh, loving or welcoming community. Mm Um, a lot of judgment, a lot of rules, you know, I, I just, I guess I feel like in, in the times that we're going through, um, what most people really need these days is just unconditional love and support. So let's define that. What, how, how would you define loving, welcoming, unconditional? How do you, how do you define that? Um, lack of judgment, just accepting of anyone who walks in your doors, um, regardless of appearance, you know, ob- the obvious things, you know, race, gender, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess just the absence of the preconceived notion about, okay, you know, this, you have to be this or you have to do that. We're just happy to have you here and we love you. Okay. So, Let's let's say you walk into a church and the people say, uh, you know, hey, we're we're happy that you're here. You know, please feel free to sit wherever you would like. Here's some coffee, yada 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 yada. Uh, is that all that you would need uh, for the church in your mind to be considered a community? Um, I don't, I don't think everything that's, that's a good one. Um, I think, I think there needs to be shared purpose too. I mean, explain that a little bit. Well, oh boy. Let's see. (laughs) Let's see. Um, well, I think that not only do people need to, uh, people there for the obvious reasons of, of worship and study and things like that, but yeah. it, it needs to be bigger than that. You know, in, in these times, it's just like there are churches that are welcoming the homeless. There are, are churches that, like yours, have expanded food pantries, you know, different just different things where the they're expanding their reach. And I think that, you know, more of a global, it's, it's hokey. It's like more of a global focus. I mean, it just shouldn't be about just religion anymore. I mean, so, so, uh, you know, this, this, I'm going to add on to my scenario. So let's say, uh, you know, all those things that I mentioned before, welcoming church, you know, Say yeah. what you want, here's some coffee, yada, yada, yada. And then they say, then they show you all the missionaries that they support, all the all the outreach that they're doing in the community. Uh, you know, the prisons, the, uh, you know, they're in the prisons, they're, they're doing homeless ministry, they're doing food pantry ministry, they're doing clothing drives, things like that. Is that all you need then for a community? Mm-hmm. I need to be accepted. Oh, so that's where I want to get at. What do you mean by accepted? In other words, when does a community of people for you, and you can throw the church out now if you want to, to help define it better. But when does a community for you become community? 
What is family? When, when do acquaintances become friends? When, when they know, when they know pretty much everything there is to know about me and are still willing to be my friend and accept me and love me and care about me. Okay. All right. What does that then look like when a disagreement occurs between you and a friend? Well, I mean, we can, we can disagree, you know, there's, you know, you're, you're always going to have disagreements, but um, I have found in the past that when in things related to, to, you know, matters of the church, I don't know, I guess we'll say that is that I have felt like, I felt like it's been a heavy hand on me because it's like I feel like I'm having things forced on me when I don't necessarily agree with them. Yeah, yeah, and that's in, in your mind. That's not what a family does. Correct. Okay, so, uh, so for you, uh, if I can, if I can um, just replay back what I have heard you say, uh, for you, a church could possibly, potentially become a community uh, for someone like you uh, if they are welcoming, helping, and accepting. I agree. Okay. Um, and, and even if they disagree uh, with you, they do so in love without forcing their opinion on the other person. I, yeah, I think that, yeah, because I don't, and, and you and I know what we're talking about. I I don't know if we want to get into that, but yeah, I think that, I mean, there is a potential for disagreement just as long as I am accepted and it's not held against me because that's always what I felt. Yeah, and I can edit this part out if you want me to, okay? But I'm not afraid to talk about it if you're not afraid to talk about it. I'm not afraid uh, to talk about it. <laughs> um, you know, because obviously, you know, uh, you know, people could guess that we are talking about, you know, homosexuality in the church, right? Correct. Right. Uh, and this is a, I mean, this is a big topic. Uh, you know, uh, people, people who know me know that I count a lot of my friends uh, who are, homosexual as friends, as brothers and sisters, um, you know, uh, and, you know, n- not just, not just with, uh, with you, there's multiple friends. As a matter of fact, our next guest on the podcast will be another one, uh, who, who, uh, has, who went, who grew up in the church and yet decided to, to pursue a life of, you know, that, you know, with homosexuality and, and, you know, look, theologically, um, I, I, I don't, I don't see what you see in, in the, uh, in the scripture. And, and, and I struggle with that because I see your heart and I see the heart of people like you and, and, you know, who are homosexual, who love Jesus and like, okay, what do we do with that? You know? And, and so mm-hmm. I always err on the side of grace, uh, and always side, always err on the side of love. Like that's not for me to figure out. <laughs> right. I know my opinion, and I know your opinion, and we can still love each other despite, you know, despite 
quote unquote differences, right? Sure. Because I know you don't judge me. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's absolutely like, like it's, it's not for me to judge. It, you know, um, you know, I, I, God is a great God. He's a loving God, and I put that in His hands. You know, um, and you know that's that's it. I mean, that's the end of it. My job is not to judge. My job is to love. Uh, and and I think that's that's where the church gets it wrong. If I can speak towards my own kind, right? I think this is where the church gets it <laughs> Your wrong. Your own kind. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I I think that we think that to disagree means to to condemn. To disagree means to push aside. To disagree means to not interact with. Or if we do interact, <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> if we do uh, interact, we interact only as um, only on a surface level and treating the other person as a project or a person to save rather than a friend. And, and I think that's I think what the church needs to start doing is uh, to to make friends and hope that they come to Christ you know, and that they do come to the church. Uh, how does that sound oh. to you when you hear that? I, you know, I wish that everyone had your outlook because then I think we'd be getting somewhere. Um, sadly, I've, I've not seen that to be the case. You know, it's just yeah. a lot of, a lot of judgment, a lot of anger. Um, my, I'll just throw this in here quickly. My my father became a pastor late in life. Mm-hmm. And when um, when the time came that I had that conversation with my family, um, most of them just washed their hands of me. If if it was not for my my mother, other than my mother, who has been incredibly awesome and supportive, I mean I don't really have a lot of family left. Just I'm because sorry. Of well, and that's you know I, I guess that that goes into it too. I didn't even think to mention that before, but I guess we hadn't gotten to that part of the conversation yet. But yeah. I think that was really hurtful. That was probably one of the most hurtful periods of my life because I, you know, your family family is supposed to be family, and yeah, then right. just kind of get shoved right out the door. So and and, see, and then that you you say a really good term there, family needs to be family, you know? Um, and look, I, you know, I, I, I'm the youngest of 11 kids. Um, and really? Yeah. Yeah. Lots of different moms and dads in there. Um, uh, but I grew up with mom's kids. And so there's, there's, uh, there's, uh, four of us on that side, but, um, you know, there's a lot of things that they do that I disagree with. Uh, that that's not how I, I, I live my life and yet I still respect them and I still love them and I still cherish them. And I, they know they can come to me when they need prayer. Uh, they know they can come to me when they just need to vent, you know, we're still there for each other because we're family, you know, and, and that's how, I think that's how we should view ministry, you know, that. That uh, as a church body, uh, you know, we consider this person who walks into our doors that we interact with on the street 
and say, you're part of my family. And whatever that looks like, you know, I may disagree with you. I may not, I, I may not, uh, you know, care for the way you do things in your life, but I am never going to walk away from you because isn't that what God is? Isn't that who God is? I mean, mm-hmm. Israel, uh, now I'm preaching, but Israel gave God uh, <laughs> no, every opportunity to leave. And yet, uh, he, he came back. Uh, he was still there. He never left. He says, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Uh, I, I am here with you. Now, you know, so I think that's how we need to act in hopes that people can come to Jesus. I agree. I agree. I, yes, I think that, over. I think that there are so many people that would that have been that like me have been kind of turned off by some of my similar experiences and if they felt if they felt um, if they walked into the situation that you described, I think things would be different. So let me let me ask you this because I think this is a question that people in my congregation have asked. Uh, if you were to walk into our church, knowing that our knowing our church's stance on homosexuality, which you know, we believe that you know the church believes that homosexuality um, is, is a sin, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And 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 yet we we operated as if we were like, okay, we we disagree on this. We believe this is what we believe, but we will choose to love you, uh, you know, and to and to stand by you and and with you as you as you work through your faith, because we're all working through our faith at some level, right? Right. Um, how would you respond to a church like that? It would. That's one of those questions I don't know if I if I would be able to answer until I was actually there because that's I yeah that's I don't know um, would it have to be more than lip service for you I mean obviously right you'd have to yeah. they'd, have, they'd have to prove yeah. it right well yeah well honestly yeah because so, I you know I I. Uh, Gosh, it was probably a couple years ago. My I my sister asked me to go to their church. You know, I said okay. This is my even though she's not been the kindest to me, I agreed to go with her. And uh, I felt so uncomfortable there because apparently she had talked to you know members of her church about me. I felt like. I feel like I had five heads and seven legs and, you know, green hair and I couldn't wait to get there. It's funny because like, you know, uh, we would never dare do that to somebody, um, going through any other issue, uh, that we thought was an issue, um, you know, in someone's life, you know, we would never say, and I'm not, I'm not comparing homosexuality to, uh, to these other things that I'm about to mention. I'm just giving an example. Like if somebody comes into it, with an addiction. We would never say, Hey, this guy has an addiction. Hey guys, let's pray for him. You guys no, we wouldn't say that because we would, we would want them to feel comfortable enough to share that themselves. Um, and, and, and yet, uh, we treat these external, uh, differences, um, and sins viewed by, uh, the conservative church. We, we see these things as, um, 
you know, things that we need to mention without the consent of the person. And, and that really, from the get-go, is a, um, uh, is a lack of, uh, is a sign of distrust. Like, you're not going to trust this church knowing that all from the get-go, they've already shared something very intimate and personal that only you are, should be able and comfortable enough to share. Which was, yeah, needless to say, I didn't go back. I, I just right. was like, I was just mortified, but uh, that's generally been my experience. So that's, I, I don't, yeah. So I don't blame you for, for answering, uh, for answering that question uh, cautiously, um, you know, because it, it would take a lot for a church to prove to you that they meant what they said, that they believe that they can disagree with you and yet still love you um, through that disagreement, um, you know, the, the way a family, a family should, um, you know, yeah, in hopes that, that you know, maybe they, they, they hope that you would, quote unquote, change your, change your opinion or mind on those things. But even if you don't, to still love you and to pray for you and to be with you, right? Is, 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 would, that be, would that be proof for you then if they were to do that? It it would be because I'll, I'll I will mention my mom again. I mean yeah. I know that my mom doesn't understand. We talk we we talk pretty openly about things and and you know I know she doesn't understand everything and she doesn't agree with everything. But I have never questioned my mother's love for one minute. Yes, that's what I'm talking about right there. Absolutely. You know, a mother's love. The church needs a mm-hmm. mother's love. You know. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, I, I love that analogy, by the way. Um, and, 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 uh, uh, yeah, I might, I might use that in a future sermon down the road because it's just a great Thank analogy. You. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it really is because that's what I think we need. You know, um, we need to be able to be willing to be open and friendly with everybody, um, you know, and to love them through disagreements, uh, or in spite of disagreements, because here's the thing, even though I don't think I am, I might be, and I and I have to consider the point that I am wrong, that I could be wrong on this, you know, that I could see the scripture wrong on this, uh, you know, and uh, while I don't think that that's the case, um, I can't say for sure if it is the case, you know, uh, because my hope is is that everybody who loves Jesus uh, is going to heaven regardless of the uh, of the things that they struggle with, you know, or not struggle with that they that they don't that they don't think is a sin but you might be or may not be you know um and so as long I as mean, you we might, all struggle might, with something you know yeah, exactly right and there's things yeah. that i struggle with that that people would call a sin that i know that i believe not to be a sin you know and so does that mean i'm going to hell well i mean i don't think so i love jesus you know <laughs> so i i think that's that's the kind of you know, humility, I think, that the church needs to, to act upon. And unfortunately, we've lost a little bit of that. It, yeah, it, it seems like that's not there because, I, you know, my mother could have very well ended up to be like the rest of my family and just wash her hands of me. But never, she never considered it. She's right. like, she said, she said, you know, you're my daughter and I love you no matter what. She said, it doesn't matter. She said, I will, I will work through this with you. She said, I, I'm not going anywhere, basically. I mean, I'm uh, paraphrasing. I think but. that statement needs to be the response of the church, you know, 
I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't agree with it, but I love you. You're my family. I'm not going anywhere. That's what it needs to look like. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't. So, um, you know, to kind of wrap things up uh, for the podcast today, um, thank you for your honesty, by the way, and transparency. Um, you know, I, I think it's needed in the church today. But as we kind of wrap up, you know, uh, and I think we've already hinted at this a lot, but if there if there was a way or if Angie Persard could come up and create a church that uh, that you would feel comfortable not just going to, but really feeling a part of, what would that church look like for you? Well, I'll tell you, I think that um, United Church of Christ is getting close. Okay, yeah. They are, uh, you know— bit more open, more accepting, mm-hmm. uh, welcoming. I have actually been to two of them here in Dayton, two of the different churches. And, and my only, now my only, you know, issue with those churches is that most of the members are a little older. So there's not really anyone in my, you know, which is kind of stinks, but there's not really anyone in my age group, the, but you know, it, it's just, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a different, just like a different feel when you walk in the door, mm-hmm. you know, just freer and just lighter and, and you feel like you belong. Yeah. Yeah. When you walk in the doors. And it's proven then by the actions when you leave the door, right? Like you can leave a place and say, yeah, my initial thought was right. Very, very positive. Very yeah. positive. Yeah. So, okay. Well, I've I've had um, a great conversation, um, and I've I've loved every second of this. I hope you have as well. I have. Uh, this is it's been nice to sit and talk about something other than the obvious tonight. So that's been, you know, you you challenged me a little bit too. I haven't. I I, I tend to think about the same things all the time, and to be able to to uh, go off into another topic is nice. So I this is. It's been a really, really, really great time for this conversation for me. So I, I, I appreciate getting to sit down with you tonight. Oh, and, and trust me, I'm sure there will be other topics that I'll want to pick your brain on uh, for the podcast. Oh, absolutely. So, um, so we'll probably have you back again. Um, for our audience, again, thank you so much for joining us for the Coffee and Conversation podcast. Uh, if you want more information on our church, you can always go to the website, cornerstonerock.org. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at CCC Brownsburg. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel now, uh, which is Cornerstone Church Brownsburg. Just search for that at the YouTube homepage. You'll find us uh, lickety split. Um, and uh, you know, if we ever get released from uh, social distancing, our church services would normally be Sunday mornings at nine and uh, ten thirty. Uh, but always check the website for the most up-to-date information on, on service times and availability. All right. Well, with that said, everybody, I will see you next week on the Coffee and Conversation podcast. Bye, 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 bye.